get the full bonfire experience on your screen youtube.com slash bonfire sports thumbs up subscribe you'll know when we're live enjoy the games I had to pick one team that doesn't like the Winnipeg Blue Bombers more than any other team. It's not the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. It's the team that has lost Grey Cups, back-to-back Grey Cups, against Winnipeg. It's the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And Week 15 in the CFL has a dandy of a game on Saturday afternoon. The Bombers riding high off a huge Banjo Bowl beatdown of those Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And the Ticats coming off a surprising win in a season where they have been up and down all year, but a team that is tough to play at home. What's going on, everybody? Welcome inside game day Winnipeg here on Bonfire Sports. It is Winnipeg's pregame show. We got you set. We're going to hear from Pat Newfeld. Uh, Chris Walby's going to join me and get into the debate around who the MOP of this team is. Some of the impact players on the defensive side of the ball, some young guys that are really emerging into stardom in the CFL. Uh, what we saw in the Banjo Bowl, really what Chris Walby saw in the Banjo Bowl, and so, so much more. What's going on, Chris? How are you, my friend? What's cooking? Uh, not much, man. I'm excited to watch this game. I remember a year ago, Bombers 12-1 and and Ticats 3-9. and They went into Ticatville and got bombed. So They did. You know, I know that they're not talking about that. And, and, and of course, this, the personnel is all different. A lot of hype. We're just trying to hype what I was media guys here. But uh, I will say this. I watched the Hamilton-Ottawa game uh, because I tell you what, the Bomber-Saskatchewan game was such a blowout. It was amazing. I mean, it was just every time I went away, it came back. It was another touchdown. Uh, but having said that, uh, to Ottawa to come back with, uh, you know, the last minute to come back and win, uh, score a touchdown, uh, that touchdown pass from Powell to uh, Tim White to win that game. Big game, man. Uh, they're coming around. Hamilton's coming around. Uh, I don't know if it's the fact that Milanovic now took over the offensive coordinator job, yes. but they definitely seem to be a different animal right now. Oh, we like that tight cat animal. I love that little connotation there. But yeah, I think it's going to be okay. Uh, normally, I wouldn't be that excited about it. We've, we've, we've built up these games, and the Bombers, as you mentioned in your post here, your little thing talk about, uh, you know, they've lost back-to-back great cups to the Bombers. I think I don't know if they're as good as they were back then, but I'll say this: it's a very hungry team. Uh, they're playing at home. They want to turn their season around. It's still a race in the East, so I think that they have to play very well. Um, all indications are we are in for us. Uh, you know what they call that? A slobber knocker. Yeah. Because the, the, really, when you think about it, the Tie Cats are probably one of the more physical teams you're going to play. Um. You know, you got guys who used to play for us. I, for two guys just jump off the chart at me, Casey Sales. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Kabongo Combo. You know, Jonathan Combo playing there, yeah. too. So uh, it'd be interesting to see what these guys do. Yeah, the uh, the Hamilton Tiger Cats are a talented team. It's just been uh, a real season of flux. After an 0-3 start, they've pretty much gone win-loss, win-loss, win-loss the rest of the way. Uh, since Scott Milanovic took over offensive play calling duties, they are 2-1. and one, And that loss coming uh, on Labor Day 
uh, to the Toronto Argonauts. A pretty strong Argos win, 41-28. But this past week, Hamilton came away with a 27-24 victory in Ottawa as the Red Blacks continue their downward spiral, losing six straight. But what's been impressive is Taylor Powell, who this past offseason, Chris, as a quarterback, was working with... um, he was working with uh, C.J. Stroud. Am I getting that? Who was the first overall pick in the NFL? Gosh. You know what? Uh, I, I can tell you the difference between a Bud Light and a Lucky, but I can't tell you who that was. <laughs> I don't know why I'm blanking on that right now, but the Alabama quarterback right. taking first overall, uh, the starter for the Carolina Panthers. Might That's be. where Taylor Powell, Ticat's starting quarterback, was working this offseason, and they released him. You know, they want experience probably behind uh, their their prize draft pick. Uh, he joins the Ticats. And because of the injury to Bo Levi Mitchell and the injury to Matthew Schiltz, he has been thrust into the lineup. And in that win against Ottawa, 65% passing, 326 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. And he hit, you mentioned uh, Tim White, who is uh, all-star He'd probably be an all-star receiver this year uh, on a team that's gone through three quarterbacks. 180 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, They are dangerous. James Butler uh, alongside uh, A.J. Ouellette to the Argos and, of course, Brady Oliveira here in Winnipeg. That's probably your power trio uh, of running backs in the CFL today. The offense can make it happen. Uh, I look at this game as a real test for Winnipeg's defense. Well, I think you hit on something in the head. I think the win last week against Ottawa – huge character building win yeah. to come back in the last minute to win a football game, not fold the tent, you know, not give up, not, you know, get on the team bus, but to go out there and actually put the touchdown pass. And I thought uh, Taylor Powell looked so composed. This is a guy, I think it's his, yeah, he's, it's his seventh start uh, against the Bombers. And I told you this off air before we got on, I went back and looked at his stats in the last three games, seven touchdowns, only one interception doing a really nice job of protecting the football. So uh, even the Bombers, I listened to, uh, you know, Coach O'Shea. He's actually saying, hey, you know what? This kid's not bad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just an opportunity, right? I mean, you look at Bo. Bo was, what, when he was in, they thought he was going to be a savior, right, come from Calgary. He was three touchdowns, nine interceptions. Then he went to the other kid, Schultz. He didn't really have a great year either. He's, I think he's like, what, two touchdowns, three interceptions. Powell finally gets a chance, growing pains for sure. But the last two weeks, uh, I think the kids played pretty well. He's getting in sync with that offense. He's getting in sync with Milanovic, the offensive coordinator, who is, as you know, DB, a quarterback guru. He loves yeah. working with quarterbacks. That is his thing. So, I mean, I think Taylor Powell's in a great spot uh, to, to really do some good things. The receivers like them. They're happy. They've got Jagera Davis coming back. They got a bunch of good guys. So I don't think this is a bingo spot where you just snap it for the Bombers. Although having said that, I don't know if I've ever seen a more close to perfect game than the Bombers had against Saskatchewan on a Banjo Bowl. Uh, first six possessions, all touchdowns. Great. Nine of the first ten possessions points. They punted one time. That 40 seconds left paycheck. in the game. Shouldn't even take a paycheck. My God, <laughs> it should be up there buying beers for the crowd. I, I mean, just unbelievable. But, yeah, I, I, the defense shut out, you know, the, no touchdowns, fifth time this year. Um, 
Boy, I tell you what, when things are going well, they're going well right now, and the Bombers are riding high. The biggest thing they're worried about is getting that head too swollen. They, I know you think that's you think that's going to be an issue with this team. Uh, Do you really? No, I don't think so. I think because they know that they're a very physical team. I think that right now, the you know the biggest thing for the Bombers is can you replicate even close to a game like that? I don't know. That will be my Grey Cup. If I could pick a game, that would be my Grey Cup game. That's the kind all, of game you want to have. All I, I mean, know is on five touchdown passes. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, I don't think we were talking about the last week. We, one of the keys was they have to get off to a better start. Well, my God, did they take that key and ram it up my rear end? Because they went, you know what? I'm telling we'll show you, you, they did a great job. Yeah, no question. Um, what, I don't know if Winnipeg needs to replicate that sort of game, but I think the concertedness of the effort, uh, the level of physicality, as you touched on, um, and, and really just being mentally sharp. Uh, I think all contributed to that absolutely dominant 51 to six win in the 19th yeah. annual banjo bowl. Uh, the crowd was hype. The team was hype. Uh, and, you know, Mike O'Shea mentioned it during the week um, that, you know, based on how the guys arrived for film breakdown the day after the game, yeah. they were enjoying themselves, uh, no doubt. But um, effectively what you're saying is, the only thing that could get in Winnipeg's way right now is Winnipeg. It's that mental approach, right? So uh, when, you know, you lose a game and then you blow a team out, that's happened to Winnipeg two or three times this year where they lose to BC, they blow them out. They lose to Ottawa and then, you know, they're, they're, um, they're kind of meddling against Edmonton. It was 28, 14 final, but that game was six, six at halftime that score probably not indicative of, of how close that game was, uh, then a bye week but then they put 50 on BC and, uh, they, they start a streak of, um, five straight wins before the loss, uh, on Labor Day. Um, but they have won six of their last seven. Everybody yeah. for the most part is healthy. Uh, if we take a look at the Winnipeg Blue Bombers depth chart, Chris here on game day, Winnipeg and great to see everybody uh, in the live chat as well. Always awesome to see uh, everybody there, but uh, the bombers uh, are a very, very healthy football team right now. Uh, starting on defense is the usual suspects. Jefferson uh, uh, outside of, of uh, so Jackson Jeffco. Yeah. Um, but Jefferson, Jake Thomas, Ricky Walker, uh, Tanner Schmeckel, the Canadian draft pick from 2023 will step in, um, for the absent, uh, Jackson Jeffcoat, but Retta Cramdy has been outstanding at the dime back spot here. Adam Big Hill in the middle, who I think had played a very good game in the banjo bowl and, uh, maybe yeah. silenced some of his critics, uh, Kyrie Wilson. Uh, has been outstanding this year. Demario Houston and Winston Rose at the corners. Dietrich Nichols and Evan Holm, who's really coming into his own at halfback. Brandon Alexander uh, at safety. That's the Bombers' defense for Saturday afternoon in Hamilton. I know you like these two players uh, in particular, Chris. You were mentioning to me uh, off-air a little bit earlier. Retta Cramdy, Canadian veteran. Evan Holm, second-year American uh, they've really established themselves in this defense when, you know, it wasn't long ago, they, there were different guys starting at those spots. Yeah, and it's almost the same story, but they're very similar. And Evan Holmes was thrust into the starting role, had to learn under fire, struggled a little bit early, 
and then he got his feeling around there. It's all about communication. And then you look at Reddy Cramney, who's you know was behind a bunch of people, finally gets a chance. They really like the way he communicates. They love his physicality. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they love the, the the way he studies film. Uh, very intelligent young guy. Uh, I was listening to him talk about how his father calls him before every game. I love a lot of it. He says his mom doesn't want him to get hurt, but his dad's like he understands the game. So, yeah, I like these two guys. It's always a nice story when you hear about new guys who, you know, get an opportunity and run with it. Um, and, 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 you know, Cramdy could have been a one-day thing. And maybe would they put Alden Darby back when he comes back? You know but I mean? Right now, it's his to lose, and he's not about to give it up. But I wanted to go back to one point you talked about, and that was the Banjo Bowl. And I'll say one thing. When you play back-to-back games, you win and you lose by making adjustments from the game previous. Right now, I think, as you said, the Bombers, when they got lost in uh, overtime to Saskatchewan, in Saskatchewan, they went and broke the film down and said, look at the opportunities. How do, you know, and it looked like, when I, I was even listening to Craig Dickinson in, in Saskatchewan prior to the Badger Bowl, and he was like almost saying, well, it's very tough to win in Winnipeg. You know, if we go one-on-one, what? Who says we go one-on-one? You know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. almost like they were saying, well, it's going to be tough to win there. Uh, we're really happy we got to split the series. To me, that was different. But I really think the Bombers, to me, and the coaching staff deserve all the kudos for making the adjustments after that game they lost to Saskatchewan to come out and just blow the uh, blow the the uh, watermelons right out of Saskatchewan. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I was really happy with them. I thought they did a great job. I just want to make that point because that is what happens sometimes in back-to-back. People say, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? For the Bombers, it was a great thing. They got back. Same team figured out what they had to do, and they did it. Yep, they definitely did. Uh, great to see everybody in the live chat, uh, including our good man, Zach Schnitzer, who says, Hey, gents, Shanatova, happy Jewish New Year. Happy Jewish New Year to everybody out there uh, who celebrates Amen. the holiday. Schnitzi, of course, Shana is Tova. off this week. He's getting knee surgery. So special guest, a new face. In 2023 to the channel, joining me on Game Day After Dark and the post-game show. You don't want to miss that. It's going to be so much fun uh, following Bombers Ticats on Saturday afternoon. It's a 3 p.m. kickoff Winnipeg time. Uh, we should hit the airwaves with the post-game show live, 6.15 or so, uh, yeah. just a few minutes after the game. Um, and then, of course, Bonfire Midweek, Wednesdays at 7.30. Uh, and Chris, you join me the day before the game, every single game here on Bonfire. Um, with Jackson Jeffcoat uh, injured right now, c- came as a surprise. Came as a surprise. He is on the one-game injured list, which is good news overall. Uh, yeah. Still no Tiadric Hansen. Of course, that is the question when uh, you talk about depth uh, on the Blue Bombers' defensive front. Uh, but Hansen still on the six-game injured list, as you see here. Janarian Grant uh, still a ways away. Uh, corner Desmond Lawrence has been on the sixth game for a quite a stretch. Mike Miller uh, will be a while. Jeremy Murphy, who uh, dressed last week for the first time, uh, I think maybe only the second time this season, first time in a while, uh, he yeah. finds himself on the sixth game injured list. Alden Darby's been there for a couple weeks. Jared Beeksma, I believe his season is over, suffered a really serious looking injury uh, in practice. Shane Gauthier, I think, uh, is maybe sooner rather than later, but Good news that Jackson Jeffcoat only on the one game, Chris, always gets a little bit uh, little bit scary when you start seeing all-star caliber players 
um, landing landing on the injured list kind of unexpectedly. But hey, that's the way the Bombers do it. You'll never know until they set that roster, right? Yeah, but then they got a plethora of riches. Uh, Celestin Habba had three sacks. Uh, he was making his presence felt when Jackson was out the first time. I really think, yeah, you, you know what I think? That we talk about a pass rusher. I think Jackson Jeffcoat is one of the premier pass rushers. But one of the things I think that Jackson Jeffcoat does phenomenal is he a phenomenal run stopper. He really closes from that end spot. Celestin Habba, and I call him Habba Dabba Doo. Habba Dabba Doo. He gets around. Listen, he's more of a uh, pass rusher. He dips that shoulder, really makes those tackles block, uh, work hard to block him. But I really do think that uh, you, you, you lose a little bit, but not much. I just think the Bombers have so much depth that you talked about, you know, some of these guys that are still on a sixth game. Uh, you know, some of these guys may not make it back in the roster. This is a very good roster. Chemistry is so important. And if you're playing well, do you want to make a change for change's sake? I don't think so. So I said this before, unless you are a Zach Kolaris and Adam Big Hill or somebody of that stature, you're really going to have to fight hard to get back in the lineup. Chris, I want to, uh, you know, as we shift over to uh, the Blue Bombers offense, uh, let's hear from uh, the Blue Bombers. Whoops, pardon me. Uh, the Blue Bombers offensive line. Here's Pat Newfeld. Uh, that entire defensive front's playing really well, so we're going to have our hands full. Just going to ask you about that. What, what do you see from this Hamilton defense? They are towards the bottom of the league in, in sacks right now, but just what do you see from them? Uh, they show you a lot of different fronts and a lot of different movements. Um, they stem their front from one thing to another, so uh, everyone's got to be on the same page as an offensive line. And um, they are just always been a gritty, physical defense that prides himself on hitting you. So um, we're going to have to match that intensity and, and make sure we're all on the same page. Other than the outside of the 2021 Great Cup, it's been a while since you guys have won in Hamilton. It was uh, yeah. 2017. Did it's you, it's you know a tough that? place to play. It's, it's the fans are aggressive. They're they're in your face. Uh, Hamilton plays with a lot of enthusiasm at home, and um, it's just it's just a tough place to play. So um, it's always a challenge, but um, it's one you have to rise to. How's this O line feeling? right now feels like you guys are really kind of hitting your groove right now yeah yeah we're feeling good we're you know we're, we're feeling really confident and, and we're seeing things the same way right now I think uh, our offense in general is playing really well together and, and in sync and um, we're taking a lot of what we're doing on the practice field and, and putting it onto the game so um, I think once you can do that at a high consistent level you're going to come out on top do you remember when it was about 10 weeks ago and we're like are you guys okay as an offensive line and now we've just Stopped asking you those questions yeah, for quite I, a long I think time. It was, it was really focused on our age, and we're not hearing that as much anymore. So we're appreciative of that, and now it's just focused on the football side of things, which is great. So, um, you know, ultimately, it's it's coming down to how we play the game, and um, you know, we still think, despite our age, that we're we're still a physical unit that can can lead our offense and lead our team, and that's what we're going to rely on. If you look at the first thirteen weeks, was it just the one week against BC that we all kind of focused on? Do you feel or? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we haven't uh, had a loss like that in a while, so it's kind of eye-opening. But it's it's professional football, and in the CFL, anyone can win it any given week, and that was BC's week. But we've moved so far beyond that right now, and, and uh, we've learned a lot over the course of this season and the, the weeks that we've, we've played in. Um, every week presents a new challenge, and, and playing in Hamilton against that front is going to be a big one for us. I was going to ask about the front. They list a ton of guys there, and when I look at it, I go, there's actually a ton of different body types in the same position. Mason Bennett and Jonathan Kongbo are defensive ends, but they're not the same body type at all. Yep. What what kind of challenge does that present? 
you can't play the same way against each each rusher. And you know they have Jagera back on the on the roster where he does a ton of different crazy pass rush moves, and he he's a totally different player than like you said from from Jonathan or from Carney. So um, you have to play each play like it's the most important play, and you really have to focus on your game plan and what you what you've seen on film, um, and then you have to attack them with those with with that mindset and with what you know you see on film. How much, how exciting is it? How much fun is it when uh, you look back and go, "Wow, Brady had like 11 yards before contact on that run play." How much, how much fun has that been? It's it's been awesome, but it's 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 hard work. You, you know, we put a ton of work in film uh, with Brady in the backs, with the fullbacks, with the offensive line. So it's not like we're just going out there and hoping it happens. We're going out there and we're we're trying to execute what we've done in the meeting room, um, what we've done on the practice field, and and put it on on the field so uh, it takes a lot of work but it's it's the work we love to do and I think it's kind of that gritty hard-nosed style of football that we love to play in Winnipeg and um, you know it's, it's just kind of part of who we are in our, our identity. Pat Newfeld uh, speaking in Hamilton today ahead of Saturday's Ticats Bombers game uh, live at 3 p.m. and then of course our post-game coverage game day after dark here on Bonfire Sports around 6.15 or so, uh, just a, a few moments after the game. Age is just a number, as Granny Bomber fan mentions, watching live on YouTube. Uh, That's right. Chris, you played, you played 17 years. 16. Well, okay, I, I, I count. Why do I count 17? I, well, one more than 16, but I didn't. I, but I will say this. I was 40 my last year. Whoa. 40 years old, and I was playing against 23-year-olds. So that's I, I'm 100%. I just love Patty the Punisher Newfeld because I like the way he plays football. We talked about this a few years ago that we thought he wasn't getting the respect due. Came from Saskatchewan, and all of a sudden he's been an all-star a couple years in a row now. As a matter of fact, they handed out the, I guess some sports writers put a thing where they have the half-season all-star awards, and he was the only old lineman from the Bombers, which was surprising, but it was Patty Newfeld who was uh, their pick as far as outstanding linemen, so. Uh, I know that uh, this is a great old line, so probably going to be one of the hardest things to pick. But I just like what Patty does. That whole offensive line from Bryant to, you know, to, you know, to Marcus, to Jeff Gray, uh, the emerging star who I really think is going to be a, a star in this league for a lot of years, and Chris Kolakowski. I want to know where where's Brady taking these boys out to eat? We haven't heard anything about this. Usually you get 100 <laughs> yards. You take the boys out for a nice well, meal. He's hit a thousand well, yards in the first game of September. That's what I'm saying. Or he could be like Willard Reeves. Well, Willard Reeves, when he won the rushing title in 84, says, you guys are all getting Rolexes. You're all getting Rolexes. We were like, whoa, Willie, thank you, brother. And you know what he did? He ran to the bay and he bought us Timexes. And the worst part was they were ladies, ladies Timexes. They didn't fit Aww. our wrist even. So it was uh, quite embarrassing for the young Willard. <laughs> But uh, we don't we, – listen, I love Willard. We never let him live it down. But uh, I, I know that uh, in today's day and age, the backs really do appreciate the O-line. Uh, so I'm sure that something nice will be coming to the boys if it hasn't already. Yeah. Uh, great to see everybody in the live chat. If you're watching live on YouTube or Facebook or maybe Twitter, uh, head over to YouTube. Give us a thumbs up. Subscribe uh, <laughs> if you haven't already. And um, – uh, what are you giggling at? What's going on? Oh, uh, David Asplum, great line. He goes, he's like, they're checking out. And he goes, why is the drill on the same shelf as the books? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's, that's a great question. You know uh -huh. what? 
obviously you can tell them I'm a bit of a lackadaisical kind of guy. I procrastinate like the best of them. I think my wife's told me to put that away about for about three months now. Uh, yeah. Okay, I tell you what, it'll be so gone you, Chris, next week. What's that? Oh, we're on buy. We have a buy next week. Bombers have a buy, which means you have a buy. Yeah, thank you. Bye bye. Bye 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 week. Uh, the last five years of your career, from age thirty-five to forty, you're obviously yeah. a bit of a freak of nature. You're, in my opinion, in the opinion of many, the greatest O lineman to uh, ever play in this league. I think Stanley's okay. going to give you a run for your money. But as a Canadian and a Winnipegger, no question, you're number one. Um, in that last five years of your career. Did you notice that you had to do things differently or you maybe weren't at that same level as you were in the, in the heart of your career? Well, I think the biggest thing, and anybody that's got some age on will tell you, is it takes a little bit longer to recover. But I think the, the amount of uh, care you're getting from your therapist is remarkable right now. You know, you've got your muscle stim, you've got your ice tubs. That's all the same stuff. You go into heat tubs. You know, they have such ways to take care of you. It's not pills, not popping pills. It's not taking shots. It's it's the right way to do things. And players are taking care of their body. We talked about the fact that they got professional chefs now. I mean, that's phenomenal. You know, where we would go and, you know, go over to whatever fingers or, or you know, go to all, you know, one of those places over there and, and, and eat chicken wings and drink beer. Right now they're making people eat the proper things. They're taking care of their body. Uh, so yeah, that's a huge thing, but you got to be lucky too. You get caught in a pileup and you can't control anything. I mean, they're very lucky. The bombers are staying healthy. This is a great offensive line. Uh, I, I, I told you this in the beginning of the year when people are starting to say the age thing, it was driving me crazy. Uh, these guys are as good. It's like, to me, it's like a fine bottle of wine. They're only getting better. So that's what I'm saying. Yep. Yep. Who's calling now? Someone's calling you. Oh, it's probably Stanley Bryant. Probably Stanley <laughs> saying, I want to be just Stanley's like you. Going, no, Stanley, no, listen, I tell you what. And I, I, I'll be honest, I don't want to even talk about that, but I'll say this. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I grew up with a lot of guys that played tough football, Nick Pastaya, Johnny Bonk, Frankie Smith, Bobby T, all these guys. So listen, when you go down and look at a lot of things right now, um, it's, it's the flavor of the month. That's all it is, so. Uh, Derek from Texas watching live on YouTube, read a good family history book, found out I'm related to the one and only Chris Walby. Do I count as alumni by association? Absolutely, brother. You'll get my discount, buddy. Oh, I'll tell you what. And he's in Texas. Oh, yeah. You Vikings stick oh, together though, no matter where you are. Yeah, He's got the same kind of, well, he looks, uh, could be, you know, yeah. good to see Phyllis, uh, listening in while driving home, doing it safely. Of course, great to see everybody joining us from Winnipeg sports talk on the raid or whatever they call it on YouTube, joining us here on bonfire sports, yeah. pregame, postgame, every game here on the channel. We got jets hockey coverage coming soon. Right here on Bonfire Sports, we've got a brand new NFL program. Myself and Winnipeg Free Press sports reporter Josh Fry Sam, a young, sharp football mind, joining me for that. Schnitzy joins me for Bonfire Midweek, Wednesdays at 7.30. Uh, big shout out to them and uh, just like comment. WST sent me. Uh, welcome. Good to see everybody here uh, with myself and the legend, the Hall of Famer. The myth and the man, Chris Walby, um, 16 years in pro football for your Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Um, I yeah, guess 15 I for the Bombers, right? Well, look at it. But you're getting a lot of guys that have played a lot of years. O-line are one of those positions. If you stay healthy, you can play a long time. 
And I mentioned yeah. earlier, it is about the health. Uh, it also is about the program. I think the Bombers have created such a great program here, and that starts with, you know, Walters, or Wade Miller, and O'Shea, mm-hmm. and it trickles down to the locker room, to, you know, to the to the trainers, to Brad Foddy, the equipment guy. Uh, you know, that's the biggest thing. I mean, when you've got that kind of organization where people want to come play, uh, they want to stay longer. They work <clears> out. I mean, they were talking about how guys – because you realize now, DB, there's a four-and-a-half-hour rule. You're only allowed to be there four-and-a-half hours on your on script. But we are always told that if you want to come in earlier, watch film, or you want to come and they in do. earlier, work out. And they do. These guys do it all the time. Well, I've heard yeah. stories where Buck was playing and the quarterbacks had their quarterback meeting room when, when even the, the one of the fan favorites uh, who was just here last weekend. Um, Chris Trevler. Chris Trevler, you know, they had the quarterback room and they were in there. And I, and I know he was signing autographs at Princess Auto. He was at the game. Uh, you know, he's – they love him here. I mean, he's a winner. So, I mean – yeah, yeah, it's, it's pure it's, entertainment it's too, right? Oh, absolutely. He's yeah. like an old lineman. He's like, I tell you what, I told you this before. Strebler reminds me of Dunnigan. Tough yeah. as nails. Uh, you know, uh, a quarterback with a linebacker mentality. You love yeah. those guys. Here is the Blue Bombers' uh, offensive depth for Saturday afternoon in Hamilton. No real changes there. Jeremy Murphy comes off uh, at receiver, but uh, they will add uh, some uh, reinforcements to the defensive line with Tanner Schmeckel and Celestin Habba stepping in for Jackson Jeffcoat on the one-game injured list. Uh, Lawler has been so reliable. Schoen has been explosive. Dembski, while he only had one catch in the Banjo Bowl, is still one of the most impactful Canadians in all of the CFL. But when it comes to the Blue Bombers, We've talked about the offensive line and giving those boys up front a ton of credit for what Zach Kolaris has been able to do, what Brady Oliveira has been able to do. It really is something when you got two players on the same side of the football, Chris, that are arguably, not, not even arguably, they are absolutely both in the conversation for CFL most outstanding player. The award that Kolaris has already won two in a row of, he could make it three in 2023. Yeah, you know, you you know, right now the the way Zach played last week, if he even gets schmicking like that for the rest of the game, uh, you know, he's gonna be tough to knock off that podium. But I really like Brady O. Uh, he's the highest per game average of rushing at 80, 88. He's got six 100 yard games. Um, you know, he ran for 150 something yards last week. Uh, he's going against a team that gives him a bit of yards. The tie cast will give you a little, a little thing. So, um, yeah, I, I tell you, they should run the ball. I, I expect Brady to get the ball early and often against the tie cats, but I, there's a couple of guys. And I, 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 I agree. Brady. O not only is he a great guy, but he's having an outstanding year. And as you say, he's going to be in the MOP uh, consideration, but I think more realistically, it's going to be between, uh, Nick Dembski and him for a most outstanding Canadian. What a mm-hmm. tough choice to do there. Um, I mean, you know, I, I don't know how you you. I don't know how you look past Brady. I, like Nick is great. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm not saying. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, Brady touches He's, the ball. Well, think about this though. Brady touches the ball a lot more than a Dembski. But absolutely. I, go, I, I went back. I went back and looked at the last game the Ticats played, which was the first game of the year, and uh, uh, Nick Dembski had six for 120 something yards plus a touchdown. Um, you know, Brady ran the ball extremely well that day too. So uh, he had 113 yards and a touchdown. So 
yeah, I mean, these two guys, a freaking frack. Um, they're such important intangibles on this team, on the offense. Um, I, I, I have to say this. Who would – here's one way to look at it. Who would affect the team more if they're out of the lineup? If Brady wasn't in the lineup or if Nick Dembski wasn't in the lineup. We've already seen Dembski out. And they put Brandon O'Leary Orange in. And we put some other guys in. They've got some great Canadian depth there. Johnny Augustine, I've been a fan of Johnny Augustine for a long time. He doesn't get to touch the ball a whole lot. But when he does, he runs like a horse. Like he's he's like a pent-up horse that's been in the stall. And, and, and they finally give him freedom. You know, and he runs ragged over who he's doing. So, I don't know. I don't even want to make that comparison. I, I don't know how the you guys, I don't have a vote. I know the media guys, you have votes in this. It's going to be a very tough thing because um, you also got to look at what I'm looking at. There's another guy that I really like too, and that's A.J. Olette uh, sure. in, in Toronto. A real different style. Well, you he know, leads the league I mean, in broke tackles. Well, do you watch him? He doesn't, he don't try and make you miss. He just runs over you. Yeah, like him and Andrew uh, Harris. That's that's a that's a one A one B. Well, this yeah. is, and that's why I mean a lot of people are hoping for Andrew because this is last year. You know he's going to be the head coach up in Vancouver Island for the junior football team next year. So he's actually announced that this is his last year, unless mm-hmm. something drastically changes over the course of the year. He's not he's fresher than anything because he ha- he doesn't get the ball as much. He maybe touches it maybe six times a game, where he used to get at twenty twenty five. So. Yep. Yeah, but anyway, I'll regress. Let's go away from Toronto. Let's talk about this one here and yeah. what they're going to do. Because you talked about the defense. Pat Newfield talked about the defense. I think it's a huge thing getting Jagera Davis back for the Ticat defense. Casey Sales having a good year, four sacks, 36 tackles from the inside there. Ted Laurent, you know, he's a horse. He, he doesn't get a lot of stats. He's still got three sacks. Year after double, year. Take all the double teams. Look at that linebacking crew. Uh, I mean, Jameer Thurman and Simone Lawrence, who, again, Simone Lawrence has played like, it seems like forever. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think last week he uh, had eight tackles and a forced fumble. He just makes things happen. I, I really like him. I like the way the guy plays football. But they're going to have to put pressure on because of their secondary. This is I the really guy. Yeah. This is the Jameer guy. Thurman is stuck. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. they've got youngsters in the back. you got Lawrence Woods. you got Lawson getting a start. Uh, Katsastonis, Javian uh, Elliott, and then he got uh, Kenneth George Jr. Now, Not George a lot Jr. is the one, George Kenneth George Jr. is the one that got torched twice on yeah. uh, pretty much back-to-back bomber touchdowns when the Ticats were here in Winnipeg. He is a rookie, but he is very, very talented, incredibly wow. athletic, uh, and probably much more experienced now than when uh, Winnipeg hosted the Ticats uh, earlier this year. But, um, you know, fell on uh, one touchdown, I think it was to Kenny Lawler. No, sorry, yeah. Dalton oh. Schoen. And then yeah, uh, lost uh, Drew Olatarski in coverage at IG Field. Um, but yeah, the Canadian Stavros Katzentonis, uh, always reliable there. Uh, Ted Laurent, you mentioned. C- Casey Sales, the highest paid interior D lineman in the league after two years with the Blue Bombers. Um, Kongbo is a backup, but a Canadian. Uh, Carney, Malik Carney, and Jagira Davis back from the injured list uh, to a defensive front, Chris, that is not amongst the league leaders in sacks. They are not a team that pressures a lot from their defensive front. Um, but I think limiting Winnipeg's run game is where Hamilton's defensive focus will be on Saturday. Because if you can do that, 
you make things a heck of a lot easier in limiting Kolaris and Waller and Dembski, um, you know, and, and Bailey and the rest. They have to win. They have to win the uh, battle in the, uh, of the offense and the defensive line battle of trenches. They got to win that. There's no doubt about it. Um, yeah. And I agree with you hundred percent. You got to stop the run. You got to force, uh, you know, Zach to throw. Um, you talked about Kenneth George, the t- trouble he had in the first game of the year as a young rookie out of Tennessee. Uh, you know, he's going to, he didn't have Kenny Lauder to worry about now. So not only has Sean, Walatarski, Dembski, and, Mich- and Bailey, now he's got Kenny Lawler to look at. But I guarantee he's looked at film a hundred times and went, what did I do wrong? Did I peek in the backfield? Did I get a, did I bite on a stop and go? There's mm-hmm. so many things these young guys get. They have to stay, right? I, you know, I, I just think that to me is the Achilles heel right now for the Ticats. And that's why I put so much importance on that front seven of the Ticats to be able to get pressure on the running game and Zach. Otherwise, I think Zach's going to go to town again. Good question from Hockey Mom, who's watching live on YouTube. What's going on, Hockey Mom? If you're watching on YouTube right now, like we got like 150 people watching live right now. Give a thumbs up. Go hit it. Helps us out uh, a lot. Appreciate that. Uh, asks, Hockey Mom asks, has ever, anyone ever won MOP and Most Outstanding Canadian in the same year? I think John Cornish did, didn't he? Well, that's a good question. I, I know he was the Outstanding Canadian. Uh, I, I can only think of the Great Cup when Harris won MOP and Canadian, well, in the game, that yeah. was in the Great Cup. Uh, that's a good, great question, Hockey Mom. I yeah. don't know. Uh, uh, John Cornish won the MOP award in 2013 and was MOC most outstanding Canadian in 2012, 2013 and 2014. So he did win both in 2013. Well, there you go. Yeah. Where'd go? Hockey mom. Who's the yeah. toughest hockey puck? Bobby Hall or my buddy, Gordy Howe. Oh, it's Gordy Howe. I just thought period. Love Gordy, man. That guy was, you ever see a picture of him? Hauling bail. Both those guys are strong. But I tell you what, Gordy Howell, man, I'm, freaking nature. Yeah, no, no question. Let's, let's, <laughs> yeah, uh, the Gordy Howe hat trick, right? That would be a goal, uh, an assist, and a, and a fight. Or I used to always say it would be like a goal, an elbow, and a fight. Because Gordy had the elbows, right? Oh, uh, looking at the Hamilton Tiger Cats offense, Brandon Revenberg who is a all-star uh, interior O-lineman, kicks out to left tackle. Hunter Woodmanzi, David Beard. Here's Jacob St- Jacob Scott, who was uh, a member of the Blue Bombers uh, last season. Um, of course, Taylor Powell wearing the iconic number zero. And Matthew Schiltz back and healthy will back him up. Kai Loxley wearing the receiver 89. He can play receiver, but of course he was a uh, one of the short yardage quarterbacks for the Edmonton Elks the last couple seasons. But the stars of their offense really are James Butler at running back, who I'm seeing here, game time decision, and Tim White at receiver. Small but incredibly talented route runner, great hands, explosion. Uh, he, he really is something. Uh, note here, Chris, Tunde and Delike, uh out at safety for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. But uh, what, what scares you about this offense? Is it um, Chris Godwin? Is it James Butler? Is it Tim White? Or is it that uh, Taylor Powell 
married to new offensive coordinator, figuratively, of course, uh, uh, Scott Milanovic uh, and, and that offensive system, because the system is what scares me the most. Milanovic is a very, very good offensive mind. Yeah, I went down to the NFL after a while after, you know, being, uh, you know, a winner in Toronto. Come back to that microphone. Come on back. The guy that I'm looking for, yeah. oh, don't worry about it, man. I'll just raise my voice. You sound good. People want to hear you. The guy that I'm excited about is Tyreek McAllister. He's been used primarily as a punt and kickoff returner, but he is a guy that has got exceptional exceptional speed. Um, he got a couple of very nice passes from Powell in the game against Ottawa. Uh, I look for him to be a different thing. I look at Omar Bayless. I like him as 6-1 receiver out of Maryland. Second game, they've got some guys that can make them plays. Uh, and they're and uh, the thing that everybody looks at, as you, as you hear my kid in the background screaming because the flooring is not going the way he thought it was. You got you got Black, uh, Bailey, uh, or sorry, Dayton, uh, Dayton Black, and Joel Figaro lined up at fullback. Which just a, come on, man, we know where they're there. They're backup old linemen. Instead of putting them behind the old line, they're screwing with people and the media types who can't see that or should get their wow. head smacked. It is what it it's is. Game, I don't know. Man. I don't know why they're they're lining them up there. They could easily put them at. Exactly. One. I wonder if it's a you know a contract thing or an injury thing. Uh, Figueroa here. I'll, I'll zoom in. You can see the DA. That's designated American, meaning he can replace a Canadian uh, as yeah. an American. He can replace a the, a Canadian and and keep the ratio intact. Uh, who do you think? You, who do you think you do it? Don't go away from that thought. Mm-hmm. Stay on that thought, G- uh, GB, because look at Figaro is a normal left tackle. Mm-hmm. Brandon Revenberg will pop right back into his left guard spot, mm-hmm. right beside him. That's what I think is going to happen. I yep. think that Revenberg will go to left guard and Figaro <clears throat> will go right back to the left tackle. That's what well, I think is going to happen. This designated American rule is far from clarified or, um, well, you know, straightened out. Or something like that. Frankly, right? Well, they're um, supposed to count the amount of plays. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, no, because you, you how do how do you how do you enforce forty nine percent of plays when you don't know how many plays are in the game until the game's over? Well, there you go. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And do you lose a game because you went one over forty nine? You know what I mean? Right. Uh, you went fifty one percent. You lose a game. They forfeit it. No, it's ridiculous. Well, uh, they'll I, figure it out in the offseason. They will, and and it's it's really of no consequence in this game, but. Uh, in is Frazier Sopic and Jagirid Davis. Uh, you mentioned Lawson at DB and uh, Hewitt on the D-line as well. Out. These are impact players. Tunde and Delike, the Canadian safety and special teamer. Richard Leonard, multi-time all-star halfback. Uh, and oh. Dylan Wynn, who is just a, a hell of a football player. Uh, great motor and a Canadian to boot um, uh, on that, uh, on that uh, defensive front. Dylan Wynn, Canadian, yes? Why has he got a star next to his name? I'm going to have to check this out. I don't know. Anyway, he hasn't played much this year. He's, he's been really battling the injuries. So uh, I, I, I don't think, you know, I, I do think he'd make an impact if he was healthy. But I think they're getting great push from Sales and Laurent. And, I, I mean, they got uh, Hewitt, Jared Hewitt, the uh, first year guy out of Virginia Tech playing. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. They're addressing a ton of old uh, D linemen. I mean, right for now, I can see they got nine, nine guys dressed in D line. So, yeah. what does that tell me? They're going to rotate the heck out of that D line, rotate them, yeah. rotate them, keep them fresh, put the pressure on. You better not get tired, or you won't be in the game. Yeah, 
Uh, do want to draw attention to our good friends at Heart to Home Meals. They believe life should get easier with age. That's why Heart to Home has created a service with lifestyle tastes and nutrition in mind you can order online or by phone and one of their friendly and trusted delivery team members will have delicious meals delivered straight to your door no contracts order as often or as little as you like it's easy visit heart to home meals.ca or you can call them toll free 1-866-933-1514 one six. Uh, of course, big shout out to the Winnipeg Wolf Pack, who um, are just an awesome organization, a group of tackle football players in our community age 16 and up. The Wolf Pack welcome a diverse group of athletes who love the game and travel to play in different cities across Western Canada. Experienced coaches promoting growth and development in every player, and they work to grow women's football. The Wolfpack currently recruiting athletes who want to be empowered and find new opportunities within football. You can play while playing the games right here in Winnipeg. The Wolfpack are also uh, looking forward to travel events uh, in Canada and the United States, including a trip to North Dakota on September 23rd. The email address is on your screen. If you want more information, if you are or you know a female who wants to play football, info.wpgwolfpack.com. And then finally, um, want to mention our newest sponsor. Big shout out, if I can pull it up here on the screen, to West Park Housing. uh, sorry, West Boyne. My goodness. West Boyne Park Housing Co-op, um, who uh, have a beautiful uh, condominium and townhouse and apartment complex in Charleswood on 17 beautiful acres, trees and open green space along the Assiniboine River, two, three and four bedroom townhouse condos in that forest like setting. Units are available now. You can email them. Or pardon me, you can find them online, Westboyne Park Housing Co-op.com. And don't forget the hyphen in co-op, Westboyne Park Housing Co-op.com. Just uh, uh, our latest sponsor here on Bonfire Sports. Big shout out to them. And you support us by supporting our sponsors. So uh, uh, go uh, give them uh, a little bit of love and uh, we, we will all do better for it. Hit that thumbs up if you haven't yet. And don't miss the post game show. Chris, I know you're always tuning in uh, after the game. Game day after dark. Special guest this week uh, for a bit of an earlier game. So game day after dark. It's fall time. It's getting dark a little early, but we'll get going around 615. Uh, following the Bombers Ticats game uh, on Saturday. Uh, the, um, the, the debate I want to get into a little bit more, Chris, is for most outstanding player. Are you in the school of thought that quarterbacks should be given maybe a little bit more recognition when it comes to most outstanding player awards, MVP awards, player, the, those sorts of things, because it's the hardest position to play not just in football, but but maybe even in pro sports? Or should MOPs go to a linebacker, go to a running back, go to a receiver or a DB? You know, it's a great question. I think who has the most impact on that team to get to you where you want to go, right? Um, it usually is the quarterback who gets, uh, you know, all the kudos when you win, but they also take a ton of heat when they lose. Uh, so, I mean, that's, that's part and parcel for that position. Yeah, they're always... As you well know, the highest paid 
players in the CFL. They're the, you know, I hate to use that term again, but they're the star that stirs every drink offensively. So if you have a good quarterback, you have a great chance to win every game. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we've seen linebackers who have outstanding years, but they just don't have that same pump. Uh, a quarterback get way more press. I mean, they're, they're just, you know, you look at, even look at our uh, bomber website and you go on there every day, pretty much Zach's on there every day. They're in the interview. So, yep. you know, that's one of those things. So look at this, Rob Mahoney, Stanley Bryant, bombers MVP could be uh, mm. very hard for no lineman to win MVP. Uh, I'd love to see it happen one day. I think there's a lot of guys that could have been recognized for that over the years. Well, this is the debate we often have in in media circles, especially when we all get together during Grey Cup week, is the NFL has MVP. The NHL gives the Hart Memorial Trophy, the Hart Trophy to the MVP, the most valuable player. The CFL is MOP, the most outstanding player, which I think, in, in my opinion, at least when it comes to the language, it evens the playing field a little bit. Who is outstanding? So I think it, it's not out of the question to consider an offensive lineman if they're absolutely dominant or a safety if they've got a bunch of picks and a bunch of tackles and uh, sacks and, uh, you know, making an impact all over the field. Um, in the case for Brady Oliveira, you have a guy who eclipses a thousand yards more than anybody or, or quicker than anybody um, has a handful of touchdowns, both on the ground and in the air. He's averaging 120 or more yards per game. I think he's at like 123 combined yards per game, rushing and receiving. Uh, I just see Brady as absolutely in this conversation with Chad Kelly and with Zach Kolaris because of the impact he has had on games. 10-minute Absolutely soul-sucking drives late in games to, uh, you know, keep the opponent off the field. Uh, He's doing it in space. He is doing it in tight uh, between the tackles. I'm sure you appreciate the way Brady Oliveira runs as a uh, former O-lineman, Chris. Yeah, I think uh, there's two points I'm going to make. One, an O-lineman is very tough to win because if you have a crappy quarterback uh, or you have uh, an O-line that may be not as good as you, or you're not playing together as a unit, you're never going to get, it doesn't matter what you do. You may never get beat, but because you're O-line and because you're not winning games, you won't get it. If you're a DB, I'll throw this out there. You're Dietrich Nichols. Uh, I want to put you up for MOP, but guess what? You've uh, got uh, 30 tackles, no interceptions. Uh, but you know what? Uh, nobody wants to throw against you. So there's, it's just, you know what I mean? There's issues you have to take in effect. And I, I think it's basically, and I think that's right there. I don't know. I think I agree with everything on there. I don't know if Brian's going to get it this year. I think that he's got some, I think for the first time in a long time, he's got some competition. I think uh, when I'm looking at, I'm looking at Pat Newfield um, and I'm looking at uh, uh, the other guy, Jamarcus, but I, it would be, it's, it's going to be a tight one. You don't hear anything about Stanley because he's that good. You just don't hear anything about him. I mean, I mean, we all get beat. That's just part of the game. But you don't hear much about it. He doesn't get – if he gets beat once, that's probably going to be the only time he gets beat that game. Yep. He makes – he fixes everything up right away. He knows exactly – he's got great footwork. Uh, he knows how to play. It's, it's basketball. Stay in front of your guy. Stay in front of your guy. Don't get bull rushed. Yep. So, I mean, as, that is – but that's a great question, DB, that, that that's an hour-long show 
to determine who should and who should not be eligible. They're all eligible. But the pros yeah, and like, cons of picking someone, I, I don't even want to get in that debate because, like I said, if I look at Dietrich Nichols, who haven't thrown all year because they don't want to go after the young man, he's got a fumble recovery, he's got 30 tackles, he doesn't even have an interception this year, but he's having an outstanding year. Yep. So how do you go? Uh, let's show his stat package. Woo! There you go. Well, that was it. That was about 40 seconds of, uh, you know, I'll, I'll never get back. You know what I mean? So come on, man. Yeah. Uh, some people asking questions about the, the CFL awards. Uh, David Asplund, uh, has two O-linemen ever went head-to-head for most outstanding O-linemen? Uh, like on the same team, I think you mean? Because the nominees, it's one from every team. Right, every yeah. team has their team nominees for MOP, MO uh, Canadian, most outstanding rookie, uh, offensive lineman, defensive player, special teamer. Um, so, no, not from the same team. Uh, that that has never happened, uh, at least in the modern era of this voting. Um, uh, who was it? Uh, Scott Westerman mentioned uh, John Cornish, as we talked about earlier, uh, winning most outstanding Canadian and most outstanding player in the CFL back in 2013, the same year, uh, the last running back to win MOP. Uh, Andrew Harris would have won it. I have zero doubt in 2019, had he not tested positive for uh, steroids twice in one year. Well, you you have to mention it when you're talking about this sort of thing, right? He would have, he would have won it. Absolutely. Um, But um, you know, Hell, I don't think he even Those made things All-Star happen. Year. I, think, I think they went against him. But, yeah, you make a mistake, you pay for it, and that cost him big time, no doubt about it. Yeah, I'm with but, Jeff Bowles. Uh, we need more defensive awards. You have most outstanding offensive lineman and most outstanding player, but you don't have most outstanding defensive uh, D lineman, but you do have outstanding defensive player. But then you don't have most outstanding offensive player. So, you know, MOP... Let doesn't tell skew you towards the defense, right? Like Solomon Elamimian had why. to like shatter. Hang on. Solomon Elamimian had she to shatter that. the t- all-time tackle record in one season to be named MOP. Hey. Walby's Warriors. CBC. Yeah. I, we created this show, went from handing out Let's see t-shirt. that hat. This is it, baby. It was nice. That, that, like, that's a hat right there. Well, where, like, can you see it right there? Like bring it up. Bring it up. Warriors right there. Bring it up. There you go. There you go, right there. Love okay. it. Okay. We went from handing out T-shirts to handing out a truck the last two years. Uh, we had that much sponsorship. But the biggest thing was we went by position as well. I picked DB. I picked a linebacker, a defensive line, a running back, one off, but only one, one offensive lineman. One, you know, I mean, we went right down the list. I went two receivers because you can't just pick one. But we tried to get a – we had to have – we had we tried to make it fair. So guys are having an outstanding year, you know, would have a chance. I had uh, my special team player a lot of time was a guy that made it would it would be like a Mike Miller, yeah. You know, a guy that you might have had a guy that returned three touchdowns, but Mike Miller had twenty five tackles. I went with a guy that you know the dirty guy that did the guy that gets you know he breaks his fingers, he's bleeding, comes off the field, you know, he just straightens the finger, goes back in. That's the kind of guy like that's a warrior in my eyes, brother. Yeah, no, no question, uh, Sandy asks who nominates players for awards uh this is how it works uh every chapter uh, every cfl market has a chapter of the football reporters of canada the frc uh and a chapter head in each market those chapters vote collectively there's five in each 
on yeah. those awards that we mentioned, all the CFL awards, um, as well as uh, coach of the year. Uh, the coach of every team is also given a vote for all of the player awards. So five media members, one coach, and then if a tiebreaker is needed, the chapter chair or the president of the Football Reporters of Canada, um, uh, you know, votes to break that tie. Uh, it's happened once or twice in the last number of years. Jeff Hamilton, of course, good friend of the program uh, of the Winnipeg Free Press, uh, is the president of the Football Reporters of Canada. Myself. Jamie Nye of uh, uh, CJME Radio in Regina, uh, Tim Baines of uh, the Ottawa uh, Sun uh, are all vice yep. presidents of the Football Reporters of Canada. And then, of course, we've got national level guys, too. They they also vote the Dave Naylor's Farhan Lalji's um, Pierre Vercheval uh, of RDS, uh, TSN French, all of that. So it's team awards, then West Division. So the MOP in each team go up against each other. We pick a most outstanding player from the East and from the West. And then those are the nominees for the CFL awards, uh, great cup week quickly. That's, that's kind of how, uh, it all shakes down. I just want to say one thing to my buddy. He just Come back to up. that microphone. Who won the truck? He said, Oh, relax. I can hear who, who won the truck. Scotty Westman. You know who won it? The first year was Brent Johnson. Both of these guys are from BC at the time. Brent Johnson was Canadian, set a record for sacks. And the other one was the second guy went down to the Miami Dolphins. I want to see if you remember him now. Uh, he set a league record with 20-something sacks. I went down and he played for Miami Dolphins for like six, seven years. I uh, can't remember what his name was. Uh, just a freak of nature at defensive end. Uh, he ended up winning the second second year. But it was great to go from, like I say, T-shirts to watches to, you know, we just tried to up our game all the time. And that was, and that was CBC when they were really doing a great job and really invested into the CFL. A lot of people talking about uh, the the CFL award voting back in 2019. We all revealed our ballots, uh, made it perfectly clear who we voted for and who didn't. I spoke at length several times about my rationale for this. Uh, it's it's put to bed. Let's let's move on. Um, Craig Smith, thank you, brother. Sorry, they DB again. I had to Cameron Wig, that was thank you, Freakish. brother. I mean, you know that is, he is just an encyclopedia of all this good. Understands the game like nobody else. So yeah. I always love the fact he's on here. Uh, whenever I get a uh, a brain uh, cramp, you know what I want. I don't want to say brain cramp. Thank you, brother. Well, you can uh, say he seems is, to know. is fart a swear? I thought it was a body function. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I wasn't going to say that either. I don't know. Maybe what maybe say, your like, maybe your brain takes a a deuce. I don't know. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> someone's in a good mood on a Friday night. <laughs> heck yeah. Heck yeah. Looking forward to, uh, to an afternoon game tomorrow. Absolutely. It's been, it's been a heck of a week. Oh, it should some, be a good game. Uh, want to pull up some of, um, uh, these questions here before we get to your keys to the game. Uh, Chris, uh, Jay Miller asks DB, when does your hockey podcast start? Very, very soon. Keep it locked here to Bonfire Sports. Going to have some fun uh, Jets stuff for you. Quick hitter question for you, Chris. Granny Bomber fan asks, Chris, does an afternoon game, uh, a does that time favor a play over a 7 p.m. start? I think I'm dissecting that correctly. I actually love the afternoon games because after we kick their butt, we go have a cold beer and you still find a restaurant open. So yep. uh, I just like the afternoon. 
I like playing in the sunshine. It just it was just something special. Not not to say I don't enjoy. I still remember when we played in Las Vegas, and it was a nighttime game. It was the only game we ever played in Las Vegas, and we had a bunch of bombers who charted out there. But the only thing you could hear were the coyotes. It was just empty, and yeah. that's all you heard was coyotes out there. It was just a great experience. I wouldn't oh, trade man. that for the world. But yeah, I, I actually enjoy the afternoon games. Uh, Comet asks, does 63 believe in trap games? Oh, God. Here's that. I remember what this is a Westy. Westy always say trap game where you get too cockier, I guess. I don't, I don't think so. I think that, you know, there's a nine team league. You got film on everybody. I think the only time you can get kind of caught up on that is in the early part of the year where maybe a team is, you know, missing a bunch of players and you think you're going to go in there because some of their key guys are gone and you're going to, you know, that's one thing, but no, nah, I don't think so. I mean, I know that the Bombers looking at this and they're going, Hey, we got a rookie quarterback again, Taylor Powell. We should be able to mess him up. We should Ooh. lose to him, but you never know. I told you this already seven touchdowns, one interception last three games, protecting yeah. the football. Well, and, and Sandy, Sandy yeah. asks, why isn't Schiltz uh, back as the number one if he's healthy? He was the number two behind Bo Levi. Well, it's because of how well Taylor Powell has been playing. And I think it has to do a little bit with the coordinator as well. We talked about how some coordinators favor a certain quarterback. And I think Milanovic sees a lot of potential in Taylor Powell, and he's going to ride that. He ride him with him. Uh, you know, I, I think that unless – uh, this guy just, you know, goes to sleep on a football field and creates a ton of turnovers. You're not going to see uh, Schultz out there. Uh, this is good an interesting question. Hey, one. Good question. Yeah, this is an interesting one from uh, Robert Campbell asked a little bit earlier. Will the Argos lose their competitive edge when they clinch first place in the East? They could clinch as soon as tonight, that being Friday night. Uh, remaining games are essentially meaningless in the standings for them. The Argos also have already had their three buys. So the rest of the way... The Argos uh, will not have a bye week. They will have a bye if they clinch first place. They would have to lose out for that to happen, um, which I don't yeah. think will happen. Um, so they'll have a bye the first round of the playoffs. But great question from Robert. Will they lose that competitive edge if they kind of just coast along here, Chris? Yeah, it's interesting when you say something like that because I think it's an opportunity for young kids to get a chance to play. It's also a chance for players who are banged up not to play. But you're right. There's always that fear that you may lose what you had, that momentum, yeah. the big mo that was on your sideline. So great question. Um, I think that the, I think they're probably going to wrap it up tonight. Uh, but having said that, uh, Bombers have done that a number of times too, and they've allowed. They've still been okay. I think they one time they end up losing to Calgary in Calgary when they had wrapped up first place. And they met. It was a meaningless game. They took a bunch of backups there. So I. I yeah, I think the only thing you don't want to do is lose the momentum you have as a team, the chemistry you have as a team. But I also believe it's an opportunity for getting a kid or somebody on the roster a chance to play to really evaluate them in game time and then also to get some of your key guys healthy again. So that's to me is what I think. Yeah. Uh, Matt Carr, good comment here. Uh, I feel like the Bombers have already had their trap games and got slapped a couple times. Yeah, Ottawa, for sure. Uh, BC even. Um, they aren't going to let that happen again. I would hope, says Matt Carr. Yeah, I mean, I don't... It's, you know, some of the guys on the team have mentioned that. You get the BS out of the way. You have those yeah. mental lapse games. And now, you know... They have the Ticats, which is an important game for Winnipeg. Uh, 
and then a bye week. And then the two biggest games of the year, at least when it comes to the CFL standings, home to Toronto on September 29th, in BC on October 6th, and then another bye. So Winnipeg gets rest before the two most important games, rest right after before finishing uh, home to Edmonton and then at Calgary to wrap the regular season. I think it's a nice stretch there. Yeah, I think it's a good thing for them. I mean, again, it's one game at a time, and I, you know, it's, that's the truth. They're only looking at Hamilton tomorrow. They're looking to get past these guys, making it eleven and three. Cats are in a race. You got to remember, they're hungry now. Uh, you know, they're in a race to, you know, keep getting and playing for a playoff spot, that third place. They don't want to cross over to come over to the other side. Uh, all the games are important. I think uh, I listened to Orlando Steinhauer, the head coach today. Uh, you know, for Hamilton, he says, you know, we've had a good week of practice, but we just have to match their intensity. And they said the same thing that, that we said last week about the Bombers. They cannot come out slow. The Ticats have to get out there with a sense of urgency. Uh, now, I think they need to run the ball. Uh, again, this is one of those things that drove me nuts at Saskatchewan. Um, you know, they just don't run the ball. And then mm-hmm. I think James Butler, as good as he is, uh, you know, he's only got 393 yards rushing. Uh, I watched the guy run. He runs like he runs crazy. He's a hard runner, but they need to give him the ball. And if they're just going to hope number zero Powell is going to beat everybody through the air, that's not going to happen. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. Uh, Quickly, before we get into your keys to the game, Barflies asks, can we get a upgrade at kick returner, punt returner? Well, last game was uh, Jamal Parker's first game as the starting uh, kick returner as well as punt returner. And well, he didn't really have any kick returns to return because Saskatchewan just didn't kick off. They, they didn't, they barely scored any friggin' points. Um, what happened to Jeff coat also asked bar flies hurt or load management. I mean, it could be both, but I really believe if he's not on, like if you're healthy enough to play, you play right, Chris. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. First off, he, he wants to play as well. Yeah, of course he does. I mean, I told you about this before. Guys have uh, stats in their contract where if you get so many sacks or you lead some, there's bonuses involved. I'm not, you know, they're not, most of the team are always playing for the team win, but individually you want to make sure you take care of yourself and you want to play for certain things that you know you can do well. Yep. Um, so to answer that question, yeah, Jackson, Jeff Coat, there's no doubt if he could play, he would. The moment we've all been waiting for, and I know you have too, Chris, because it means you're soon uh, shackle-free and uh, on to enjoy your Friday. Uh, Your keys to the game in Week 15 for the Bombers and their business trip to the Hammer to take on the Ticats Saturday afternoon. And I'll say this first. Did you like their uniforms last week? The H, the big H? Did you see it? I like the color. I I don't know if I like the entire uniform. I thought it was pretty cool, but anyway, I like change mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, for offense, the Bombers, I think you got to continue to make the big plays early. I mean, they had six plays, six huge big plays last week. Uh, again, this is like repetitiveness, but still, uh, when you got a guy like Brady Oliveira or Johnny Augustine, but Brady, we're talking about now, you get the get the run game going early. Uh, listen, uh, Hamilton allows 126 yards rushing. They gave up 195 to Ottawa. So, I mean, if you're not running a football, you don't deserve to win. Defense, you got to contain and punish Powell and knock the butt off Butler. How do you like that little play game with water? Water? Where did water come from? And then create turnovers. (laughs) I don't know. I'm just getting silly now. And, again, I said this. I thought that uh, the punt return by Jamal Parker wasn't bad. 
My biggest concern still is the coverage team because I really am serious when I talk about a guy like Tyreek McAllister who leads the league in kickoff returns at 28, almost 29 yards of return and has four of 40-plus yards. So you've got to be smart on special team coverage. Amen, as they say, brother. Amen. Amen, brother. When I say they, I mean you. I mean you. Uh, Real quickly, before we go, Leslie says, Hey, DB and Big Bluto, I do wish you could start after Winnipeg Sports Talk, but still great to catch you guys. Always great to catch you. Remember, everything is available on demand. So if you're busy, you got to run to the grocery store, you got to take care of the kids, you got uh, whatever to do. We are available for you anytime, anywhere. Bombers coverage, CFL coverage, NFL coverage. Go check it out. It is on the channel right now on your podcast app. Download it. And Jets hockey coverage debuting here on Bonfire Sports very, very soon. Jets training camp uh, begins uh, next week. Uh, The Young Stars camp uh, underway uh, right now and uh, going to Penticton. Vegas, Thailand, Winnipeg, uh, everywhere and anywhere. And lots of people tuning in from the United States, I've noticed. Thank you. It's really nice to see you, man. Yeah, good good to see our American friends uh, as well. But um, final thoughts to you, Chris, uh, as I wish you a good weekend. Uh, we got a a heck of a a good game coming up here uh, between the Bombers and the Ticats. Ticats do not like Winnipeg. Think if your team lost to the same team in back-to-back Grey Cups, how you would feel. It's going to be a good game. Yeah, and I think the the, the players are different. There's some that are still there. they got that sour taste, but... Again, I think you have to put that away and, and just play for that game, the 60 minutes. I mean, I know I've said this before, but it's it's a simple game when you break it down. If yeah. you take 15 plays a quarter and you make the best of those 15 plays a quarter, and that's an average of 60 plays a game, you win the majority of those, you're going to win the football game. Protect the football is number one. It's huge, right? The Bombers have done a phenomenal job of protecting the football. And even when they do make a blip, they seem to recover. So, I mean, for me... The Bombers, I, I just think, I, I picked the Bombers over Saskatchewan by 12. And I, I, I was way under. This one's going to be tighter, buddy. I think it's going to come down to a field goal, Castillo, versus his nemesis, Leg Legio. Who's going to win? I do not know. We didn't even talk about Mark Legio. Well, we'll get, we'll get to that on uh, Game Day After Dark in the post-game show. Special guest. New this year, who will it be? This is what I do know. This person knows their football. They really do. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, Wishing Zach Schnitzer all the best. Happy Jewish New Year to him and everybody else out there. Uh, All the best with your knee surgery, Schnitzy. Take good care, brother. Uh, I understand you'll you'll be uh, back up on your feet, at least figuratively, uh, for bonfire midweek wednesday night at 7 30 chris you're on the bye so we will wish you adieu until yeah. the bombers argos pregame show next week i'm really looking forward to that but great to see everybody here uh a six three have a good weekend man have a couple cold ones for me okay you know what i, I haven't had one yesterday i haven't had one yet today I, i'm telling you man i'm turning over a new leaf this might be a different guy yeah yeah i swear to god not gonna happen <laughs> I thought I'd pull it in there. Oh, baby.